Father in heaven, we thank you for September 14 reading. We ask you to give us eyes to hear, ears to hear, listen, and enjoy your word, Lord. Give us, Lord, instruction out of your word. We love your word. We say yes and amen to your promises and to seek your word with all our heart and our mind and our soul. Thank you, Lord God, for today's reading. Okay, I'll start. Um, Isaiah chapter 15, verse 1 to 18, 7. Amen. This message came to me concerning Moab. In one night the town of Ar will be leveled, and the city of Kerr will be destroyed. Your people will go to their temple in Divan to mourn. They will go to their sacred shrines to weep, and they will wail for the fate of Nebo and Mediba shaving their heads in sorrow and cutting off their beards. They will wear burlap as they wander the streets. From every home and public square will come the sound of wailing. The people of Heshbon and Iliale will cry out. Their voices will be heard as far away as Jehaz. The bravest warriors of Moab will cry out in utter terror. They will be helpless with fear. My heart weeps for Moab. Its people flee to Zor and Eglatshilishia. Weeping, they climb the road to Luith. Their cries of distress can be heard all along the road to Horonium. Even the waters of Nimrim are dried up. The grassy banks are scorched. The tender plants are gone. Nothing green remains. The people grab their possessions and carry them across the ravine of, of willows. A cry of distress echoes through the land of Moab, from one end to the other, from Eglaim to Berylium. The stream near Dibon runs red with blood. But I'm still not finished with Dibon. Lions will hunt down the survivors, both those who try to escape and those who remain behind. Send labs from Selah as tribute to the ruler of the land. Send them through the desert in the mountain of beautiful Zion. The women of Moab are left like homeless birds at the shallow crossings of the Ammon River. Help us, they cry. Defend us against our enemies. Protect, protect us from their relentless attack. Do not betray us now that we have escaped. Let our refugees stay among you. Hide them from our enemies until the terror plot. The terror is past. When oppression and destruction have ended and enemy raiders have disappeared, then God will establish one of David's descendants as king. He will rule with mercy and truth, and he will always do what is what what is just and be eager to do what is right. We have heard about proud Moab. We've had a problem about its pride and arrogance and rage, but all that boasting has disappeared. The entire 
land of Moab weeps, yes, everyone in Moab mourns for the cakes of raisins from Kerhar Eset. They are all gone now. The farms of Hishbon are abandoned. The vineyards at Sidmah are deserted. The rulers of the nations have broken down Moab. That beautiful grapevine. Its tendrils spread north as far as the town of Jazir and trailed eastward into the wilderness. Its shoots reached so far west and that they crossed over the Dead Sea. So now I weep for Jazar and the vineyards of Sidma. My tears will flow for Heshbon and Eliale. There are no more shouts of joy over your summer fruits and harvest. Gone now is the gladness. Gone the joy of harvest. There will be no singing in the vineyards. No more happy shouts. No treading of grapes in the wine presses. I have ended all their harvest joys. My heart cries for Moab is like a lament on a harp. I'm filled with anguish for Kerhar Eseth. The people of Moab will worship at their pagan shrines, but it will do them no good. They will cry to the gods in their temples, but no one will be able to save them. The Lord has already said these things about Moab in the past. But now the Lord says, within three years, counting each day, the glory of Moab will be ended. From its great population, only a few of its people will be left alive. This message came to me concerning Damascus. Look, the city of Damascus will disappear. It will become a heap of ruins. The town of Aror will be deserted. Flocks will graze in the streets and lie down undisturbed, with no one to chase them away. The fortified towns of Israel will also be destroyed, and with and with the and the royal power of Damascus will end. All that remains of Syria will share the fate of Israel's departed glory, declares the Lord of Heaven's armies. In that day, Israel's glory will, will grow dim, and robust body will waste away. The whole land will look like a grain field after harvesters have gathered the grain. It will be desolate, like the fields in the valley of Rephaim after the harvest. Only a few of its people will be left, like stray olives left on a tree after the harvest. Only two or three remained in the highest branches, four or five scattered here and there on the limbs, declares the Lord the God of Israel. Then at least the people will look to their Creator and turn their eyes to the Holy One, let me help you, okay. of Israel. They will no longer look to the idols for help or worship what their own hands have made. They will never again bow down to their astral poles or worship at the pagan shrines they have built. Their larger city will be like a deserted forest, like the land the Hebrides and the Amorites abandoned. When the Israelites came here so long ago, it will be utterly desolate. Why? Because you have turned from the God who can save you. You have forgotten the rock who can hide you. So you may plant the finest grapevines, the import the most expensive seedings. Seedlings, you may sprout on the day you set them out. They may sprout. Yes, they may blossom on the very morning you plant them, but you will never pick any grape from them. 
your only harvest will be the load of grief and unrelieved pain. Listen, the armies of many nations like roar like the roaring of the sea. Hear the thunder of the mighty forces as they rush forward like thundering waves. But though they thunder like breakers on a beach, God will silence them and they will run away. They will flee like shafts scattered by the wind, like a tumbleweed whirling before a storm. In the evening, Israel waits in terror, but by dawn its enemies are dead. This is just the reward of those who plunder us, a fitting end to those who destroy us. Listen, Ethiopia, land of fluttering sails that lies on the headwaters of the Nile, that send ambassadors in swift boats down the river. Go, swift messengers, take a message to a tall, smooth-skinned people who are feared far and wide for their conquest and destruction on whom land is divided by rivers. All you people of the world, everyone who lives on the earth, when I raise my battle flag on the mountain, look, when I blow the ram's horn, listen, for the Lord has told me this. I will watch quietly from my dwelling place, as quietly as the heat rises on a summer day, or as the morning dew formed during the harvest. Even before you begin your attack, while your plants are ripening like grapes, the Lord will cut off your new growth with pruning shears. He will nip, snip off and discard your spreading branches. Your mighty army will be left dead in the fields, and the mountain vultures and wild animals, the vultures will tear at the corpse all summer, the wild animals will gnat at the bones all winter. At that time, the Lord of Heaven's armies will receive gifts from this land divided by rivers, from this tall, smooth-skinned people who are feared far and wide for their conquest and destruction. They will bring the gifts to Jerusalem, where the Lord of Heaven's armies dwells. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't see much other than Jesus over here, yes. and you read it yes. on 16.5. Then God will establish one of David's descendants as king. Mm -hmm. He will rule with mercy and truth. He will always do what is just and be eager to do what is right. Amen. And eager to be as just as healing people, huh? Amen, yes. Providing for the poor. Yes. Hmm. Eager to do what is right. Right. Take care of people who are being oppressed by fear and discouragement, and just there's such a bundle of inheritance there with Jesus. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. I'll keep okay. reading Galatians okay. one one through twenty four. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the church of Galatia. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, 
but it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let the person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servants. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I receive my message from no human source, and no one taught me. Instead, I receive it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church? I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jesus Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. Then it pleased Him to reveal His Son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. After that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Sicilia, and still the Christians in the church in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us now is now preaching the very faith that he tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. Wow, beautiful. Anything? Well, just, um, you know, Paul says, I'm shocked <laughs> uh, that you're turning away so soon from the gospel, from God who called you to himself through Christ. You know, that they were so quick to, you know, be turned away by a, but not the correct gospel. Right? Mm -hmm. And then he says, uh, you are being fooled by those, and it says here, deliberately twist the truth. Those people know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. Okay? But he says it twice. Once, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. That's and, so obvious, you know, and, uh -huh. and then you got these coats over there that mm -hmm. start off. And this, he says amen. twice at the end, he closes it with, you know, so let the person be, a, be cursed. And I really like how he emphasizes, hey, what I'm preaching to you, that just didn't come from any human form. 
It came directly through uh, Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Amen. And um, that's awesome. You know, I like his uh, salutation, his opening. Mm -hmm. It says, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Amen. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. You know, for that he gets praise and worship. Thank you for raising, uh, rescuing us, Lord, Amen. from this evil world. We praise you and we thank you for lifting us up. Thank you for taking us out of the pit and Amen. the fiery hell. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And we should stay on that point, you know, where we've been risen with Christ. Amen. He's taking us of, a, of the Babylon system. He's taking us out of the Egyptian uh, slavery, you know, into freedom. Amen. Into inheritances. Amen. Son, yes, Jesus Lord. Christ. You know, into wisdom and uh, power and joy and laughter. Thank you, Father, for delivering us, Lord. We praise you. We exalt you. I like the way too it says, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. Okay, so just to go to show that He was chosen since he, before He the foundations or before He was born. Um, so that's you know, I like what He says. Hey, look, you know who I was before. You know, I was persecuting the church, but God called me before I was born. He chose him for this purpose of preaching the gospel. So that's a great example of how God uses, you know, just like we heard about John Mark today. He, he missed the mark, but, you know, God chose him to write that gospel about the servant of Jesus. So um, that's awesome. Awesome that God can use anybody. You know, um it's really interesting that one of Jesus' brothers got saved is James. And, and people say this is the same James that wrote the book of James. Uh, I don't know. But it said, uh, so much information we don't know. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that I, w that I am writing to you is not a lie. He says, I stayed with Peter 15 days. After three years, after he got born again, then he went. Amen. So, uh, Jesus did have a brother that came into the Lord, and probably the mother and everybody else, the whole family, you know. Because in another scripture it says some of his brothers didn't believe that he was the Messiah. Mm. Wow, the Lord's brother. Amazing. Okay. Amen. Praise God who will crush injustice and violence and who will restore and reward those who live for Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Crush injustice and violence, Lord. Psalm 58, 1 through 11. Justice. Do you rulers know the meaning of the word? Do you judge the people fairly? No. You plot injustice in your hearts. You spread violence throughout the land. These wicked people are born sinners, even from birth. They have lied and gone their own way. They spit venom like a deadly snake. They are like cobras that 
that refuse to listen, ignoring the tunes of the snake charmers no matter how skillful they play. Break off their fangs, O God. Smash the jaws of the, these lions, O Lord. May they disappear like water into thirsty ground. Make their weapons useless in their hand. May they be like snails and that dissolve into slime, like a stillborn child who will never see the sun. God will sweep them away, both young and old, faster than a pot, hit, pot heats over burning thorns. The godly will rejoice when they see injustice avenged. They will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then at last everyone will say, there truly is a reward for those who live for God. Awesome. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on earth. Amen, Lord. Good, good word. Wash your feet in the blood of the wicked. Woo. Proverbs twenty-three, twelve. Commit yourself to instruction. Listen careful to words of knowledge. Mm. Commit yourself to instruction. You make a commitment. No, Lord, no matter what, Lord, I'm going to receive your instructions. I listen carefully. You know, our souls are lazy. Yeah. You know, not our souls, but maybe our flesh, flesh. You know. Yes, our flesh is lazy. So you have to corner and say, look, you're going to commit to this no yes. matter what. You're going to read your word. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We exalt you. We thank you for giving us new revelations, Lord. Amen. Thank you for your word. The reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word. September 15, we enjoy your word, Lord. We enjoy it. We thank you. And we, we worship you, Lord, with spirit and truth through your Son, Jesus Christ. And the help of the Holy Spirit, we worship you and we praise you. We adore you. We give you thanksgiving and praise. You are our Father, Lord. And we love you and we thank you. And we give you honor. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for carrying us. And thank you for providing for us, Lord. An institution, Lord. You provided an institution, Lord. Lord, of prayer, dialogue intuition of knowing you and caring for us lord we thank you for the relationship and the love you put in our heart through your son jesus christ and we thank you for the sacrifice done on the cross for us lord you took our pain and you left us full of love my father thank you for your fruit and here it is lord here we are your family your relatives love <laughs> the us needy ones lord thank you for not judging us and just loving us yeah thank you for not judging us and loving us yes lord i love you lord and here we go we're reading uh isaiah chapter 19 verse 1 21 to 17 um september 15 this message came to me isaiah concerning egypt Look, the Lord is advancing against Egypt, riding on a swift cloud. The idols of Egypt tremble. The hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. I will make Egyptian fight against Egyptian, brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor, city against city, providence against providence. The Egyptians will lose heart, and I will confuse their plans. They will plead with their idols for wisdom 
and call on spirit mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. I will hand Egypt over to a hard, cruel master. A fierce king will rule them, says the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. The waters of the Nile will fail to rise and flood the fields. The riverbed will be parched and dry. The canals of the Nile will dry up. And the stream of Egypt will stink with rotting reeds and rushes. All the greenery, greenery along the riverbank and all the crops along the river will dry up and blow away. The fishermen will lament for lack of work. Those who cast hooks in the Nile will groan. And those who use nets will lose heart. There will be no flax for the harvesters, no thread for the weavers. They will be in despair, and all the workers will be sick at heart. What fools are the officials of Noah Soani? Their best counsel to the king of Egypt is stupid and wrong. Will they still boast to Pharaoh of their wisdom? Will they dare brag about all their wise ancestors? Where are your wise counselors, Pharaoh? Let them tell you what God's plan, what the Lord of Heaven's army is going to do in Egypt. The officials of Zoan are fools, as the officials of Memphis are deluded. The leaders of the people have led Egypt astray. The Lord has sent a spirit of foolishness on them, so all their suggestions are wrong. They cause Egypt to stagger like a drunk in his vomit. There is nothing Egypt can do. All of our are helpless, the head and the tail. They now palm a branch, the noble palm branch and the lowly reed. In that day, the Egyptians will be as weak as women. They will cower in fear beneath the upraised fist of the Lord of Heaven's army. Just to speak the name of Israel will terrorize them. For the Lord of heaven's armies has laid out his plans against them. In that day, five of Egypt's cities will follow the Lord of heaven's army. They will even begin to speak Hebrew. The language of Canaan, one of these cities, will be Heliopolis, the city of the sun. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the heart of Egypt, and there will be a monument to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness that the Lord of Heaven's armies is worshipped in the land of Egypt. When the people cry to the Lord for help against those who oppress them, He will send them a Savior who will rescue them. The Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. Yes, they will know the Lord and will give their sacrifices and offerings to him. They will make a vow to the Lord and will keep it. The Lord will strike Egypt and then he will bring healing. For the Egyptians will turn to the Lord and he will listen to their pleas and heal them. In that day, Egypt and Assyria will be connected by a highway. The Egyptians and Assyrians will move freely between their lands, and they will both worship God. And Israel will be their ally. 
The three will be together, and Israel will be a blessing to them. For the Lord of heaven's armies will say, Blessed be Egypt, my people, blessed be Assyria, the land I have made, and blessed be Israel, my special possession. In the year when King Sargon of Assyria sent his commanders-in-chief to capture the Philistine city of Ashdod, the Lord told Isaiah, son of Amos, Take off the burlap you have been wearing and remove your sandals. Isaiah did as he was told and walked around naked and barefoot. Then the Lord said, My servant Isaiah has been walking around naked and barefooted in the last three years. This is a sign of a symbol of the terrible troubles I will bring upon Egypt and Ethiopia, for the king of Assyria will take away the Egyptians and the Ethiopians as prisoners. He will make them walk naked and barefooted, both young and old, their buttocks bare to the shame of Egypt. Then the Philistines will be thrown into panic, for, their, for they counted on the power of Ethiopia and boasted of their allies in Egypt. They will say, if this can happen to Egypt, what chances do we have? We were counting on Egypt to protect us from the king of Assyria. This message came to me concerning Babylon, the desert of the sea. Disaster is roaring down on you from the desert, like a whirlwind sweeping in from the Negev. I see a terrifying vision. I see the betrayer betraying the destroyer destroying. Go ahead, you Elamites and Medes, attack and lay siege. I will make an end to all the groaning Babylon cause. My stomach aches and burns with pain. Sharp pangs of anguish are upon me, like those of a, as a woman in labor. I will faint when I hear what God is planning. I am too afraid to look. My mind reels and my heart races. I long for evening to come, but now I am terrified of the dark. Look, they are preparing a great feast. They are spreading rugs for people to sit on. Everyone is eating and drinking. Be quick, grab your shields and prepare for battle. You are being attacked. Meanwhile, the Lord said to me, Put a watchman on the city wall. Let him shout out what he sees. He should look for chariots drawn by pairs of horses and for riders and donkeys and camels. Let the watchman be fully alert. Then the watchman called out, Day after day I have stood on the watchtower. My Lord, night after night I have remained at my post. Now at last, look, here comes a man in a chair with a pair of horses. Then the watchman said, Babylon is fallen, fallen. All the idols of Babylon lie broken on the ground. O oh, my people, trashed and winnowed, I have told you everything the Lord of heaven's armies have said, everything the God of Israel has told me. This message came to me concerning Edom. Someone from Edom kept calling to me, Watchman, flow much longer. How much longer until morning? When will the night be over? The watchman replies, 
Morning is coming, but night will soon return. If you wish to ask again, then come back and ask. This message came to me concerning Arabia. Arabia. O caravans from Dedan, hide in the deserts of Arabia. O people of Tina, Turna, bring water to those thirsty people, food to those weary refugees. They have fled from the sword, from the drawn sword, from the bent bow, and the terrors of battle. The Lord said to me, Within a year, counting each day, all the glory of Kedar will come to an end. Only a few of the courageous archers will survive. I, the Lord, the God of Israel, have spoken. Amen. Amen. Woo, boy, what a battle. What a what an incredible prophecy. Mm-hmm. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, honey. Where Amen. is Jesus in this? Um. Well, it, there was a, uh, over here in... I see it. I see yeah. it. Yeah. When the people cry to the Lord for help against those who oppress them, He will send them a Savior who will rescue them. Where, where's that at? That's at um, 19 at the beginning. 19 in the beginning? Yeah. The bottom page. 1919, I believe. That's 19. It's the end of 19. Yeah, it's in the 20, 1920. Wow, this is beautiful. He will send them a Savior that will rescue them. They will, in other words, people will be worshiping God in spirit and truth mm-hmm. out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And then there's a highway that's going to be uh, built between the three, and there's going to be a great commerce going back and forth. Yes. I don't know if that happened already. It no. probably has. Um, um, I, I think that's in the coming, what's coming. You know, but our Savior is here. But the beauty of it, because it, it I kind of read the study a little bit, and it said that... Um, you know, God caused the enemies of Israel to, um, yeah, he said, it says, imagine the two chief enemies of Israel would one day worship Israel's God. Um, so um, it kind of focused on, is like, you know, Christ died for people everywhere. It says no one is excluded from becoming God's people. Thus in Christ, enemies can write or unite in love because they are both God's people. In Christ, the people and nations that are light years apart will bow at his feet as brothers and sisters in Christ. Any barrier that divides a relationship can be broken down and replaced with peace. Amen. So, um, but that's, you know, I thought, I was looking at the beginning. I got my pen. Um, and it was, it was talking about. It says at the beginning, look, the Lord is advancing against Egypt, riding on a swift cloud. So, um, and then it says, um, I will hand Egypt over to a hard, cruel master. A fierce king will rule them, says the Lord, the Lord of Heaven's armies. Um, I was trying to, in my head, piece together the the timing of this. 
Because is that, is this the prophecy somehow going back to when they were all captured in Egypt by Pharaoh, or is this something... That's afterwards, Isaiah's time. Okay. Uh, no, wait a minute. Because Isaiah, then it says the Savior will deliver yet. them. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Prophecy, of course, in the future of Isaiah's time. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass in Jeremiah's time. Mm. And Jeremiah is after Isaiah, right? Yes. Um, but that's when the cap. But the, this is says specifically Egypt. Um, but then, so anyways, um, and it, it's awesome because it says here, you know, and it says he will send them a savior, he will rescue them, and he'll make himself known to the Egyptians, and they will know the Lord and will give sacrifices and offerings to him, and they'll make a vow and keep it. They said the Lord will strike Egypt, and then He will be, and then He will bring healing, for the Egyptians will turn to the Lord, and He will listen to their pleas and heal them. And then I, I kind of like the, uh, you know, it's interesting that Isaiah walked around naked for thirty or for three years. Oh, barefooted and naked. Yeah. Yeah, we ought to try to be. <laughs> I was like, so what? I, so I was thinking. So it's kind of like, okay, what was gonna come? He was. It was like a prophetic act that he was doing because. The suicides, right? Yeah, that's what the the Holy Spirit told me because, he said it said in here later on it said, um, this message came to me. Okay, it would be a sign. Where is it? Uh, Okay, I will bring upon Egypt, okay, for the king of Assyria will take away the Egyptians and Ethiopians as prisoners, and he will make them walk naked and barefoot. So for three years before all, you know, God is saying that that was what's going to happen, but Isaiah was kind of, it was a prophetic act. Here's what's coming. I mean, that's all I can... Amen. Okay, you want to... And well, then I like the watchman part too. The watchman is a pretty good point. Yeah, put a watchman on the city wall. Let him shout out what he sees. Okay. Let the watchman fully be fully alert. I like it where it says that uh, they're going to make a monument in Egypt, and it mentions a town in here. Mhm. Mm and then there's going to be another monument in the border. They, they worship the Lord God, the heaven and earth, you know, right before the highway. For the Lord God of heaven's okay. armies will say, Blessed be Egypt, my people. Blessed be Assyria, the land I have made. Blessed be Israel, my... And it says right here that he's going to... He says, I will oppress them. He will send them a savior who will rescue them. The Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians. They will know the Lord and will give their sacrifice and offerings. This says somewhere, I will oppress them and then I would help them. Heal them. Uh -huh. Heal them. Um, okay. You know, and it's probably the same thing. You know, sometimes it's, uh, for a person, it's their sin that oppresses them. Mm, amen, that's right. Maybe they repent and you heal them. You, know, the you can see all humanity there, different people's attitudes towards, uh, you know, works. And God oppresses them through their no peace, 
a lot of us have no peace, you know, my mother had no peace, you know, I mean, and mostly it was lack of uh, history of the Old Testament, history of Jesus, his lack of not reading the Word of God, that's where oppression yeah, comes from. I think that that's where a lot of problems come from, period. Lack of knowing who Jesus is and what he did at the cross at the end of the day. And not studying him. And, and, not, and not, not getting, getting to know him intimately. Word. You know, because uh, we live in a fallen world, and there's sickness, and there's disease, and contagions, and new viruses popping up from the enemy. And, um, you know, there's there's a weapon that will combat those things, and, and that's, that's you know, the Word says it several times, that, you know, when you keep the Word in front of you, it's life to your, to your uh, bones and all your flesh. Um, and, um, you know, meditate on these words so we can prosper, prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. So basically, I think that the root of any problem we have, whether it's identity, whether it's, it's healing, whether it's provision, whether it's peace, mm -hmm. all stems from, hey, where's my promise? Uh, we saw Jennifer Evaz last night. Well, she's got a problem. She grabs the scripture and she prays that scripture to her problem. To her problem. Right. So it's just, you know, that's kind of like the common thing that I just keep seeing every, every time I listen to a teaching, you know, is my weapon, my best weapon is my life instruction book, like my manual that says, you know, I, uh, the enemy doesn't have dominion with my family. As for me and my family, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to be saved. You know, it's like we have to remember whether you've got a rebellious kid or a addiction or a whatever that is. The answer is always found right here. That it's covered. It's covered by the Word of God. But the question is for people, how much integrity do you have for the Word of God? How much do you really believe that it's yours? Or how much How much am I getting? Because we didn't get any yesterday, the day before. You know, I, I always that, feel... That goes to us, you know. Yeah. How much am I getting? Yeah, I, I'm, I always... How much am I feeding my stuff? Right, we have to feed it because our flesh doesn't want to yeah you know? you know we just we just have to tell people what works for us yeah and remember that you know because then they'll turn off we have the old, we'll turn them off because the whole life their whole life people have been speaking at them what to do yeah, but if we right. come this was works for me i don't know if you're going to take it but this was works for me i get high with the most high i love you know and i have to make myself because my body my flesh is lazy my uh my interests go outside Mm -hmm. The Word of God. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be doing it 24/7. Uh, I like to, I like to sing and praise the Lord, and I like to study. But you know, we don't. How much of that do we spend on a daily basis? Yeah, we should be spending a tenth of our day on the Word so of God. So we're, we're on a good. We got a good hold today because we got on our knees and we agreed and prayed, and all of a sudden I said, "Hey, let's let's get into Isaiah. Keep reading our readings." Yeah. So it that, feels good. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, honey. But but again, uh, but again, I'm saying that um, you know it says put a watchman on the city wall, let him shout out what he sees, um, and he should look down for chariots drawn by pairs of horses for and the riders on donkeys and camels. Let the watchman be fully alert. And um, says then the watchman called out day after day I have stood on the watchtower of my lord night and day I have remained at my post. So there's something really significant here about being a watchman on the wall, um, you know, for our families, uh, interceding, keeping an alert, 
when the enemy tries to come in like a, you know, like a flood, bring forth the word of God and declaration and prophetic prayer. You know, you push back the forces of darkness with the words of God that we speak. Angels go on assignment. You know, the word of God is the truth. They will come to pass. It won't come back void to you. So being that watchman, sometimes we're assigned as watchmen on those walls. Even to prophesy for a city, a nation, the United States, you know, wherever our territory assignment is. Amen. I just come into agreement with the body Amen. of Jesus Amen. Christ, Lord God. Yes, all Lord. the people that have spoken good things, yes. Lord, for all, all the body of Christ, the procession and the parade, the blood flowing through the blood of the arteries of the body of Christ, Lord. Lord, we just prophesy the Lord bless you, body of Christ. The Lord heal you. The Lord establish you purposely. The Lord give you success, the works of your hands. The Lord anointed you and, and put his hand over you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you coming in and going out. Amen. The Lord fill your treasuries with gold and silver and rubies and diamonds for the work of the Lord. All the, the resources belong to the body of Christ. Our daddy is rich and the whole earth knows it very well. All the elements come to us, Lord. They come running to us. The resources of the Gentiles come running to the body of Christ. All the gold, all the silver. Amen. Would you please read uh, the next? Galatians. Okay. Galatians 2, 1 to 16. Amen then, and amen. Then 14 years later, I, Paul, went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I, was, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the, this, the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement. There we go again, Lord. We're in agreement. For fear that all my efforts had been wa wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because of so, some so-called Christians, they're false ones really, who were secretly brought in, and they sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jew Jewish regulations. But we refused to give to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me. Amen. Thank you, Beautiful. Lord. For God has no favorites. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as apostle to the Gentiles. Apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. 
the only their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor which I have always been eager to do but when Peter came to Antioch I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong when he first arrived he ate with the Gentile Christians who were not circumcised but afterward when some of friends of James came Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore he was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision as a result other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy Okay, when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you, are, you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow these Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners, like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ and not not by obeying the law and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ not because we have obeyed the law for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law no one will ever be made right by obeying the law wow Lord that was so good Praise the Lord. Go ahead, Dave. Did you want to make a few uh, notes or a few commentaries? I just like uh, Paul's uh, freedom, 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 cry for freedom. He says, you know, it didn't make any difference, you know, that I was, uh, he was, uh, he just seemed to be like <clears throat> 10 to 20 to 30 times more wiser than all the uh, church leaders mm, as far amen. as, you know, he, he covered every area right. and he showed clearly who Jesus was. And what he came to do, and yes. uh, how he was, uh, and he probably was demonstrating uh, with great grace and great power, demonstrating Amen. and Amen. healing, That's and right. uh, and the Lord was with him. Amen. You know, confirming what he was saying that he was, he was the man of God sent uh -huh. to the Gentiles to uh, to do an incredible work, and he Amen. even brought a Gentile with him. It's like me when I go to AA, I brought a, I brought an alcoholic, brought two of them. One that spoke with me, and then another one that was on the sand there, you know, as a demonstration that uh, Both, yeah. my version, my approach to do the work of God, to getting people beat up from alcohol, yeah. to get them sane. Matter of fact, I haven't heard from one of them. I better text them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead, girl. Tell me. Yeah, so um, I like it. Like you said, I like his boldness to speak out what's wrong. You know, he, he wasn't intimidated by leaders. But you know, he still had a little bit of doubt with his, his message online, like we all do, you know. Like, for instance, am I praising God? God, are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? You know, sometimes I get a confirmation from some, one of you or somebody else, you know. Give me a story of how you've been through the same thing. Or sometimes... God himself, yes, I'm listening to you, son. I'm hearing all your prayers. And I think that was a great example of what happened to you yesterday with that red Ferrari. That one, to me, was like... What happened, honey? Well, well, tell the audience. Okay, well, I like the way you tell it better, but uh, you had this Ferrari that you found. Somebody... 
And did it fit in the garage or in the It, it fit on the window seal. seal. Okay. And it meant something to you. You look at the red car and it was just um, special to you. Uh, even so that a little girl came in our house one day and she looked at the red car and she pointed at it and she said, that's Fernando's car, okay, out of uh, the mouth of babes. So, uh, so that happened and in this quest that we have trying to sell everything, everything must go mentality, we put that up for sale on the um, thirty-five dollars. Yeah, and for twelve, for you put it for twelve bucks. Yeah, I lowered it. Um, and um, and then I realized, and, and we didn't get any activity on it for the longest time since we posted it. And then uh, yesterday, or these last two days, we had people inquiring on it, and um, this one. Uh, man wanted to know what it was um, like, so he texted him back and forth, and he decided to come all the way from Seal Beach to buy it. Okay, and you're like, why did I post it just for twelve bucks? You know, it was this kid that's a collector came all the way from Seal Beach to buy it. But all the way, you were like, why did I post that for twelve bucks? I really like my Ferrari. I'm gonna have a Ferrari someday. You just kept. It was like a treasure to you. You like you liked it. You felt it was anyway part of your dream. And so when he showed up and he bought the Ferrari, you showed him the Camaro. And um, he looked at the Camaro and he just came for the Ferrari. He took off and he came back, or he texted back saying, do you mind if I exchange the Ferrari for the Camaro? And uh, he, he actually paid $10 more for it, or $8 more for it. And he wanted to exchange the Ferrari back for the Camaro. <laughs> and you made more money on the sale, but... The bigger picture thing was you were harping on that since he took off with the Ferrari. You did have it in your spirit as a dream, but God sees your heart of your little your desire there, and He caused the guy to turn around and come back and yeah, give it back you know, to you. Amen. <laughs> it was an amazing thing because uh, as soon as Anna told me that the uh, you told me that the car was sold, I saw a big car in my imagination. It was weird. I saw the Ferrari big in the garage, and then I said. Huh. I'm. I'm a, that's a, you know the the this, the God says in Psalm 37, He will give you the joys yeah. of your yes. heart. Yes, Amen. So it was already a joy. I mean, just right. using my imagination, the car. I even washed the car with soap. I waxed a little. It's one eighteenth of a scale mm -hmm. of the real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how they they measure it. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what. One one twenty four is that small one eighteen, and if you get a one one, that means a full size car. Whoa. So we're, uh, and the guy said, if it's scratch, I said, no, it's not scratch. It's, it's practically it brand new. Yeah. But uh, it came right back, and I put it right back where my imagination, that's how strong, the emphasis uh -huh. is on the imagination. Yes, yes. And what God, the, the joys, our job is to put joys in Amen. heaven that's good. of imagination items, tangible items, yes. you know. You know, he put us here to be like King Solomon, to be a kings and priests, rich in the land, rulers. You know, we have all the resources, we have all the spiritual connections. We are influencers and in changing people's Amen. lives. We're mighty right. in the land, mighty Amen. warriors. Yes, yes. You know, a health, resources, usefulness, yeah. wisdom, power, demonstration power, changing people with our words. Woo! Because yeah. Jesus bears all things. Yeah. Jesus believes all things. He hopes all things. Amen. Jesus endures all things. The love of Jesus doesn't fail in our hearts. 
Amen. And Amen. You, you know, I just want to say. Fire it up. Red chariot. Yeah. I, I just felt like that was uh, God speaking directly saying, hey, you have a desire? No problem. Let me fix that for you. It was just such a God moment, I thought. You know, and you know, the beauty it might not mean anything to somebody that somebody and, turned and the, around and, and came the watch, back. The watchman on the tower says, I see a Ferrari coming down the hill and it's roaring, <laughs> yeah. it's roaring yeah. dirt. Yeah. It's making big thing and it's coming your way. Keep your vision alive. Keep your faith. Keep your yes. hope. It's Amen. coming. Call those things out. This is, your faith is going to be rewarded. Your car is coming. I haven't had a Ferrari. But say, for instance... Uh, it comes, a Lexus comes and looks just like a Ferrari, right? Right. They have. What, what is that to me? You know, if it's if it's as powerful right. and it's right. easy to change, it's a easy to maintain, yeah. and they don't charge me three thousand right. dollars a year for right. insurance or something. Right. I'm excited. God yeah. makes it. He goes. This is my world, kid. Yeah, I own all everything. I, I love you, <laughs> and, I'm, and, you and I'm your daddy, and I'm gonna give you a, a souped-up car if I want to. Said the Lord. Yeah. But, you know, going back to your point of why I brought this up is that, you well, I wonder if God's hearing me, I wonder if God's hearing me. Well, that's a good example of how God heard you yesterday. Amen. Your little heart, your heart was talking. So going back to Paul, um, you know, it says here, they wanted, the people were, the secular came in, the spies came in, and they wanted to take the freedom they had in Christ Jesus by bringing back their regulations. Yeah. But it says here, we refuse to give to, uh, in to them for a single moment, okay? And uh, we wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And um, so I, I like that they stood for the gospel, you know, of Jesus. And, um, you know, and I like the way he rebuked Peter in front of people. Hey, what are you doing? Like, you're a hypocrite here. You know, trying to not eat with them, and here you are. You know, so that was really a good point here. And those other guys have that had influence him, right? Like those people that snuck in there. Same yeah. thing. But you give them a little, uh, and they they come in and they take. And, right. I, and I have I have been guilty of that. You give them a little respect. You give them a little thing. He said. He said we didn't give in to one point of their argument. You know, we didn't give in to that. Right. Well, how about this? How about that? Right. You know, how about the Ten Commandments? How about this? Um, Jesus said, hang them all. Hang them all on this one thing. Love thy, right. love thy God with all your yeah. soul. And then you could easily keep it. You're in love with God. You easily keep everything. Yeah. it's Yes, exactly. And it says, and even Barnabas was led astray. And we know what an encourager Barnabas was. He got led astray too. So how can you relate to, to that? That's something you were trying to get away with. Like, for instance, me, it was real estate. I knew my heart wasn't in real estate, but I couldn't get away with it. I was still a real estate agent, and people would give me a put a a, a sale on my lap, uh -huh. and I would, and I would stay in there and cling, and, and it didn't turn out all that well. And it was, uh, in other words, it was a river in my soul, and I had to stuff it up. It was the hardest thing to do. So to these guys that lived all their lives as children with the, I can see how hard that was to switch over. Only a miracle of God did it for Paul. Only the salvation of God would have yeah. him over right. to the gospel yeah. instead of the, the Old Testament. Because, yeah. you know, their their flesh, their, their everything about them says, um, and, the, and, and the people that did switch over, and some of them switch over half, like had one foot in the Old Testament and one foot right. in the New Testament. And we can't do that. You know, people do that today, you know. 
Oh, yeah. They say, you i got to go to confession to the priest. Well, yeah, your, and, your priest is Jesus. You know, you're covered by the blood. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, you know, and out of the blue, um, people will talk their doubts. Mm -hmm. If you really listen to them. You know, they feel the presence of God around you. And out of the blue, they'll bring it out. Mm. Sometimes it's kind of like a, 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 that information. you got to pull it out and snip it. While you're there, you know, while they're talking about mm -hmm. it, you know, pull it out of them. Anyway, let's move in. This yeah, well, I just wanted to make one more point here um, that Paul was driving home, okay? we, you, Yes, we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we believed in Christ Jesus so we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be right with God by obeying the law. Wow, amen. That's the end of the closure of what I read. Is that not stood right in my heart. No one's ever going to be made right by thinking they have to do their own self-works to get into heaven. By faith in Jesus Christ. Christ. And we have believed in Christ, Christ Jesus. Amen. Isn't it amazing? He switches it back to Christ Jesus, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, like the anointing of Jesus, yeah. we're already mm -hmm. anointed like mm -hmm. Jesus, so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, Amen. not because we have obeyed the law. Right. Beautiful point. Beautiful. But one Beautiful. will ever be We made get one right. nugget from here. It's this one, the end, the end that, I, that I just read to you, because you know we're we're saved by faith and grace. Amen. And not by uh, regulations and rules that I'm going to do these things and I'm going to be made right. No, no, no. You know, we're, we can never take away all the sins that we have. I mean, Jesus did it already. Amen. And Amen. I don't want to insult our, our, our Savior. All right, let's pray. Okay. Uh, commit your heart, pray in the Psalms, commit your heart to, to trusting and praising God. Two things, trusting and praising God, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Or commit your, your people to pray, trusting and praising Jesus no matter what trials come their way. Okay, that's a good intercession. Yeah. I'd rather have this kind of intercession because Jesus is the high priest. He's already in heaven. Right. And he can certainly use every uh, scripture, throw at my people. I commit my, 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 my brothers and sisters, my sons and daughters into the heart of Jesus. I trust him and I praise him that he'll care for them. No matter what trials may come their way or my way. And Psalm 59, 1 through 17 says, Go ahead and read it, please. Okay, it says, Rescue me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who have come to destroy me. Rescue me from these criminals. Save me from these murderers. They have sent, set an ambush for me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting, Lord though I have not sinned or offended them. I have done nothing wrong, yet they prepare to attack me. Anna. Wake up, see what's happening, and help me. O Lord, my, o Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, wake up and punish those hostile nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. They come out at night snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. Listen to the filth that comes out of their mouths. Their words cut like swords. After all, who can hear us? They sneer, but, the, but Lord, you laugh at them. You scoff at the hostile, hostile nations. You are my strength. I wait for you to rescue me. 
For you, O God, are my fortress. His, in his unfailing love, my God will stand with me. He will let me look down in triumph on all my enemies. Don't kill them, for my people will soon forget such lessons. Stagger them with your power and bring them to their knees. I hear Adasa. <laughs> o Lord, our shield. Because of their sinful things they say, because of the evil thing that's on their lips, let them be captured by their pride, their curses, and their lies. Destroy them in your anger, wipe them out completely, then the whole world will know the God that God reigns in Israel. My enemies come out at night, snarling like vicious dogs. As they prowl the streets, they scavenge for food, but go to sleep unsatisfied. But as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I'm in distress. O oh, my strength to you, I sing praises for you, O oh God, are my refuge. But or the God who shows me unfailing love. Amen. And Proverbs 23, 13-14 says, Don't fail to discipline your children. They won't die if you spank them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father, for this precious time we had. Thank you for um, giving us the, the will, Father, to perceive or to uh, pursue your word, Lord, and enjoy it and get uh, wisdom from it, Lord. You said to get wisdom and understanding. Father, I pray that you would seal what we just read. Give us the wisdom and understanding, Lord, to help others, Lord, that we would go and uh, preach the gospel of, of Jesus Christ only, Lord. Nothing nothing else. None, no false doctrines, Lord. Just only what Jesus did at the cross and how we're saved by faith and grace, Lord. So we just praise you for this time. We thank you, Father, for keeping us in your word. And it's precious, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. September 16th. Today's reading of our Bible, 365-day Bible, New Living Testament, awesome Bible. And Anna will get us started this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for gracing us with your presence, giving us intuition, giving us your spirit, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us and showing us what is pertinent, what is right and sound. And Lord, fill our cup, Lord, we ask you. Lord, fill our joy to overflow. The full measure of the blessing, bring it on, Lord. We're ready. We say yes and amen to all the blessings of God. Amen. 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 And this is uh, September 16th, Isaiah 22, 1 to 24, 23. As I said, this message came to me, Isaiah, concerning Jerusalem, the Valley of Vision. What is happening? Why is everyone running to the rooftops? The whole city is in a, a terrible uproar. What do I see in this revealing city? Bodies are lying everywhere, killed not in battle, but by famine and disease. All your leaders have fled. They surrendered without resistance. The people tried to slip away, but they were captured too. That's why I said, leave me alone to weep. Do not try to comfort me. Let me cry for my people as I watched them being destroyed. Oh, what a day of crushing defeat. What a day of confusion and terror brought by the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. 
upon the valley of vision the walls of jerusalem have been broken and cries of death echo from the mountain sides elamites and the archers with their chariots and charioteers charioteers the men of Kerr hold up shields chariots feel your beautiful valleys and charities storm your gates judah's defensive ha- defenses have been stripped away you run to the armory for your weapons your you inspect the uh, breaks in the walls of jerusalem you store up water in the lower pool you survey the houses and tear some down for stone to strengthen the walls between the city walls you build a reservoir for water from the old pool but you never ask for help from the one who did this all You never considered the one who planned this long ago. At that time, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, called you to weep and mourn. He told you to shave your heads in sorrow for your sins and to wear clothes of burlap to show your remorse. But instead, you dance and play, you, you slaughter cattle and kill sheep, you feast on meat and drink wine. You say, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. The Lord of Heaven's armies has revealed this to me. Till the day you die, you will never be forgiven for this sin. That is the judgment of the Lord, the Lord of Heaven's armies. This is what the Lord, the, the Lord of Heaven's armies, says to me: Confront Shebna, the palace administrator, and give him this message: Who do you think you are, and what are you doing here? building a beautiful tomb for yourself, a monument high up in the rock. For the Lord is about to hurl you away, mighty man. He's going to grab you, crumble you in a veil, and toss you away in a distant barren land. There you will die, and your glorious chariots will be broken and useless. You are a disgrace to your master. Yes, I will drive you out of office, says the Lord. I will pull you down from your high position, and then I will call you my servant, Elakim. I will call my servant Elikim, son of Hilkiah, to replace you. I will dress him in your royal robes and give him your title and your authority, and he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. He will bring honor to his family name, for I will drive him firmly in place like a nail in the wall. They will give him great responsibility, and he will bring honor to even the lowliest members of his family. But the Lord of Heaven's armies also says, The time will come when I will pull out the nail that seems so firm. It will come out and fall to the ground. Everything it supports will fall with it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This message came to me concerning Tyre. Weep, O ships of Tarish, for the harbor and houses of Tyre are gone. The rumors you heard in Cyprus are all true. Mourn in silence, you people of the coast, and you merchants of Sidon. Your traders cross the sea, sailing over deep waters, that brought you grain from Egypt and harvest from along the Nile. You... You were the marketplace of the world, but now you're put to shame, city of Sidon. For Tyre, the fortress of the sea, says, 
Now I'm childless. I have no sons or daughters. When Egypt hears the news about Tyre, they will be great. There will be great sorrow. Send word now to Tarish. Tarish. Well, you people who live in distant lands, in this silent run, all that is left of your once joyous city. What a long history was yours. Think of all the colonists you sent to distant places. Who has brought this distant disaster on Tyre, the, that great creator of kingdoms? Her traders were all princes. Her merchants were nobles. The Lord of Heaven's army has done it to destroy your pride and bring low all earth's nobility. Come, people of Tarish, sweep over the land like a flooding Nile. For Tyre is defenseless. The Lord held out his hand over the sea and shook the kingdoms of the earth. He has spoken out against Phoenicia, ordering that her fortresses be destroyed. He said, Never again will you rejoice, O daughter of Sidon, for you have been crushed. Even if you flee to Cyprus, you will not find rest. Look at the land of Babylonia. The people of that land are gone. The Syrians have handed Babylon over to the wild animals of the desert. They have built siege ramps against its wall, <clears throat> torn down its palaces, and turned it into a heap of rubble. Wail, O ships of Tarish, for your harbor is destroyed. For seventy years, the length of a king's life, Tyre will be forgotten. But then the city will come back to life as in the song about the prostitute. Take a harp and walk the streets, you forgotten harlot. Make sweet melody and sing your songs. So you will be remember, remembered again. Yes, after 70 years, the Lord will receive Tyre, but she will be no different than she was before. She will again be a prostitute to all kingdoms around the world, but in the end, her profits will be given to the Lord. Her wealth will not be hoarded, but will be provided, will provide good food and fine clothing for the Lord's priests. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. He is, devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, maidens and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors, none will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth mourns and dries up, and the crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions, violated His laws, and broken His everlasting covenant. Therefore a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sins. They are destroyed by fire and only a few are left alive. The grapevines waste away and there is no new wine. All the merrymakers sigh and mourn. The cheerful sounds of tambourines are stilled. The happy cries of celebration are heard no more. The melodies, chords of the harp are silent. Gone are the joys of wine and song. Alcoholic drink turns bitter in the mouth. The city writes in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out intruders. 
Mobs gather in the street, crying out for wine. Joy has turned to gloom. Gladness has been banished from the land. The city is left in ruins. Its gates battered down throughout the earth. The story is the same. Only a remnant is left. Like the stray olives left on the tree, or the few grapes left on the vine after harvest. But all who are left shout and sing for joy. Those in the west praise the Lord's majesty. In eastern lands give glory to the Lord. In the lands beyond the sea praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. We hear songs of praise from the ends of the earth. Songs that give glory to the righteous one. But my heart is heavy with grief. Weep for me, for I wither away. Deceit still prevails, and treasury is everywhere. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, your few people of the earth. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will be caught in a snare. Destruction falls like rain from the heavens. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth has broken up. It has utterly collapsed. It is violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in a storm. It fails. It falls. It fails. And with no, we will not rise again. For the guilt of its rebellion is ever, very heavy. In that day, the Lord will punish the gods of the heavens in the and the proud rulers of the nations on earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison. They will be shut up in prison and will finally be punished. Then the glory of the moon will wane and the brightness of the sun will fade. For the Lord of heaven's armies will rule among Zion. He will rule in great glory in Jerusalem in the sight of all the leaders of his people. Amen. Amen and amen. You know, it's really interesting uh, what you read on uh, 19, okay. uh, I guess it's uh, 22, 19, or 23, yes, yes, 19? Yes, yes, 22. 22, I think it's 22, 22. Yeah, I will give him the keys to yeah. the house of David, the highest position of the royal court. When he opens the door, no one will be able to close him. Right. And when he closes the door, no one will be able to open. I just read that scripture in the New Testament. I think mm -hmm. it's Matthew. Um, and it's amazing because it's already written. The scripture has to be fulfilled. It's already in place. People read that thousands of times in the Old Testament. And now it has come to pass with Jesus. Jesus said that. He said, you hold the keys on Matthew 16, 19. Amen. I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. So it looks like there's honor and a great honor here on earth that Jesus has given us. You know, he's given us the, the kingdom of the heaven. And our Father in Heaven gladly gives it to us. That means that we, when we see something that's not dignified or a sin, we can say, 
In the name of Jesus, I bind you, sin. Amen. I bind you, poverty. Let go yes. of that family. Spirit of sickness, I bind you. Yeah, I bind you, spirit of sickness, yeah. in the name of Jesus. Right. That means that in the invisible realm, right over the head, you, you are taking authority Amen. Yes. over those uh, the spirits, spirits yes. of loneliness, yes. spirits of, of bad feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and, you're le- and I said, let that person loose. Loosen that person. Yes. And yeah. we release the, the blessings from heaven. We release the wellness of heaven. We re- release the treasures of heaven, the storehouses to be open, the blessings of God. We release, we bind and we release the goodness of God. You know, um, when Jesus bound those spirits, you notice that he didn't loose anything? Because the, the ultimate will of the Father is his, good, his kingdom is, is, is being held back. God's good will is being held back. His good will is automatic. If you really think about it, Jesus said, I said, let her go, be loose in Jesus' name, or be loose, he was Jesus. In other words, he said the word, it was beautiful, because what is God's will? God's will that you would prosper, be in health, even as your soul. Even as your, in other words, God, just say, for instance, imagining air, and the person is not breathing properly. You say, spirit of infirmity, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Go, let go of that person. <gasps> and that person starts to breathe freely. Amen. In other words, what I'm God. saying, blessings and goodness is automatic. You know, Amen. we're thinking too much Gosh. into this, yes. you know. Uh-huh. You know, we Amen. just have to see what happens when we just bind the evil yes. spirits. Mm. You know, in the and name of Jesus, yes. I command your poverty to leave that person. I command your spirit of oppression and Amen. depression. That's right. Get out by the Free blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus and you're out of here. You leave that person alone. That family is, belongs to God and Christ. And from here on, you are bound away from for eternity. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Amen. Nazareth. Amen. And we take our authority. Yes, and God yes. will bring us different individuals yes. to set them free. Yes. Amen. With the set words of authority. You know. Because it says here... Uh, when he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. He will bring honor to his family name, for I will drive him firmly in place like a nail in the wall. They will give him great responsibility, and he will bring the honor to even the lowliest members of his family. I don't know, I thought I read somewhere. Oh, it says here, I will dress him in your royal robes and give him your title and your authority. And he will be like a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. Then that girl just called me father, the Texas. <laughs> yeah. Pops. She always does. So. I mean, this is too coincidental. I just read earlier this to uh, to my AA family and send it out. And here God yes. is confirming it yes. over Amen. again in the in Old Testament. I didn't know it was in the Old Testament. Amen. So in order for the words that Jesus come alive, they had to be pre-written. Jesus was saying the script, and the script was already pre-written thousands of years before, and by holy men, written by the Holy Spirit, and they had to say it out loud to establish it in the air, and Jesus confirmed it when he came. God yeah. incarnated. You know, we have to remember, like, when there's a situation and the door gets shut on us, okay, it's Jesus that opens doors and closes the doors. If it's not the right door for us to go through, it'll get shut. No man can open it. But when the, the Lord opens up the door, no man can shut it. 
Well, you know, we have we have the Holy Spirit. He's given us that responsibility to know what's right and what's wrong. And we bind it in the name of Jesus. Uh, and right here, like right here, I pull the nail of infirmities out of here and fall down into the abyss. I command sickness and poverty to leave this house in the name of Jesus. I pull your nail. You're out of here in Jesus' name. Yes. And it says right here, for the time will come when I will pull out the nail that seems so firm. Okay. I will come out and fall to the ground. Everything it supports will fall with it. The Lord has spoken. Amen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we need a decision. Lord, if I'm if I have to move and I'm consulting the Lord. Amen. Lord, let your wisdom come, Lord. Yeah, let your wisdom come. Close that door if it's not the door you've opened for me. Close it shut, Lord. Let it be clear to me, Lord. Sometimes we have to come in that way through that angle to get the Lord's counsel. Amen. 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 You know, it says that James says, ask for wisdom. Lord, we ask you, Lord, we agree, Anna and I right now agree that you give us wisdom beyond our years, Amen. Lord God. Amen, yes, heaven. liberal wisdom. Lord. Lord, that we know we have power beyond our power, Lord, and strength beyond our strength. Lord, give us love for the people beyond our capacity to love, Lord. Yes, and yes, Hallelujah, Lord, Lord God, that, that we you, may be of service. We, that, like you said, we will be mighty in the land Amen. to serve others, Lord. Amen. To set the captives free. To, to open the blind open eyes. The, open, set the prisoners free. Open blind eyes. Preach the gospel and, to the poor, Lord. Preach the gospel to the poor. Set the poor free, Lord God, and those who are under pressures to deliver them. In the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ of Nazareth, hallelujah, we declare it so. Amen, yes. amen, 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 amen. Galatians chapter 2. Are we in Galatians already? Yes, we're in Galatians. We read it yesterday? Uh-huh. Okay, sure. Galatians chapter 2. I was listening. But suppose we, Paul, and other believers seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law? Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am sincere if I rebuild the old system of law. I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law. I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me, so I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed 
the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believed in the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scripture looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. All nations. So all who put their faith in Christ shall Christ share the same blessings Abraham received because of his faith. Amen. Wow. Give me a comment, babe. That's so powerful. Just this little bit of paragraph. I just got so excited. Uh, just It's so clear. That's what I like about it is that there's no, you know, how more clear can you get that we are, you know, saved by faith and not of our own works and that we fall under automatically the blessing of Abraham just by believing in Jesus. Isn't mm -hmm. that awesome? Amen. I just like, whoa, Lord. He just kept coming. Okay, so... Um, I really liked how he um, um, how he opens up. Uh, he says, um, "But suppose uh, we, Paul and other believers, seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and we are found guilty because we've abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. It says rather I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law. Okay, but keep trying to keep the law." I already tore it down, okay? For when I try to keep the law, it condemns me. The law will always condemn us. Um, so I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so I might live for God, okay? I've been crucified with Christ. Um, I, Christ lives in me. And it says, I do not, tr I love this part. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law will keep us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Okay? Wow. If I have to keep all these commandments, why did God send His Son then? Why did God send His Son? Beautiful. Why? That's the most powerful thing I got from that right there. And um, it says, for the, and if it continues, it says, For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Okay. And he's just questioning it. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message. You heard about Christ. Okay. It says, how foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? We don't have to do that. Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? And um, I like this part. He says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. Again, that's like the third time he says, certainly not, of course not. And um, it's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Okay? 
That's why that's when God works miracles among us. If you need that healing, there's a miracle for you, but you gotta believe, you know, in the message that we hear about Christ, that he fulfilled that at the cross, that the inheritance, the blood bought inheritance brought healing forth in Isaiah fifty three, five it says um, that he bore all our suffering and all our pain and by his stripes were healed. So um, it's just a beautiful chapter, uh, you know, about Abraham. Amen. I, the real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I like to... Uh, one, well, more, one more little comment. says, what's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time, okay, when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. It says here the scriptures look forward to this time. The scriptures. The scriptures look, look forward to this time. I love this Galatians. This is such a good book. Amen. Let me read that in the uh, Message Bible because it really uh, puts emphasis on uh, Galatians two. Hallelujah. Galatians two seventeen three mm -hmm. to nine. Mm -hmm. Two, seventeen and nineteen, fourteen. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Galatians. Okay. What is central? Chapter two. Fourteen years after that first visit. Barnabas and I went up to Jerusalem and took Titus with... Okay, 17, 217. Have some of you noticed that we are not yet perfect? No great surprise, right? Right. And are you ready to make the accusation that since people like me who go through Christ in order to get things right with God aren't perfectly virtuous? Christ must therefore be an accessory to sin. The accusation is frivolous. If... I was trying to be good, I will be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I will be acting as the charlatan. charlatan. Mm. What actually took place is this. I tried to keep, tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identify myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. <laughs> I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. Amen. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back on that. It is not clear to you that to go back to the old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that. To re repudiate God's grace, if a living relationship with God could come by rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. Right. Okay, now we go to verse chapter 3. You crazy Galatians. <laughs> Did someone crazy. put a hex on you? <laughs> Have you taken leave of your senses? 
something crazy has happened for it is obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives he sacrificed his sacrifice on the cross was certainly said before you clearly enough let me put it this question to you how did your new life begin was it by working your heads off to please God or was it by responding to God's message to you are you going to continue this craziness for only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God if you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it how do you suppose you could perfect it did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing it is not yet a total loss but it certainly will be if you keep this up answer this question does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence his Holy Spirit working things in you your lives you could never do for yourself does he do things because of your strenuous moral striving no. or because you trust him to do them in you Amen. don't these things happen among you as they happen with Abraham he believed God and the act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God it is not obvious to you that persons who put their trust in Christ not persons who put their trust in the law are like Abraham children of faith it was all laid out beforehand in scripture that God will set things right with non-Jews by faith scripture anticipated this in the promise to Abraham all nations will be blessed in you so those now who live by faith are blessed along with Abraham who live by faith this is no doctrine and this and that means that anyone who tries to live by his own effort independent of God is doomed to failure scripture backs this up utterly cursed is every person who fails to carry out every detail written in the book of law amen amen um, awesome okay praise God let me read the Psalms it says soften your heart with humbling so that God will not break it with his anger that's cool if God has broken you, look to Him for restoration. Amen. Psalm 60, 1 through 12. Okay, soften your heart with humility so that God will not break it with His anger. And you know, we are softening our heart through the process of obeying and reading the Word of God daily. Amen. You know, we're softening our heart to be pliable. This is easier than God having to crush us like it says here you have rejected us O God and broken our defenses you have been angry with us now you restore us now restore us to your favor you have shaken our land and split it open seal the cracks for the land trembles you have been very hard on us making us drink wine that send us reeling but you have raised a banner for those who fear you a rallying point on the face of attack now rescue your beloved people answer and save us by your power God has promised this by his holiness I will divide up Shechem with joy I will measure out the valley of Sukkot Gilead is mine and manage to Ephraim my helmet will produce my warriors and Judah my scepter will produce my kings but Moab my watchman will be 
become my servant, I will wipe my feet on Edom and shout in triumph over Philistia. Who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us, please. Help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things. Hallelujah. We, for He, not us, will trample down our foes. Amen and amen. Proverbs 23, 15 and 16. My child, if your heart is wise, my own heart will rejoice. Everything in me will celebrate when you speak what is right. Hallelujah. Now, who's talking here? Is the Holy Spirit just talking, huh? Mm -hmm. My heart. If your heart is wise, my own heart will rejoice. Wow. Everything in me will celebrate when you speak what is right. Wow, oh, Lord when you God. speak what is right. In Hebrew, in Hebrew, it says, my son. It's also in 2319. This one. My son, if your heart is wise. I, I want a heart of wisdom. Amen. I want, I want a heart. I used to have a heart of wisdom, but... My action. Oh, yourself, you're a man of wisdom. Well, the closer you get to God, the more you see your frailty. That's what they say. It says here, when you speak what is right, okay, your identity in Christ. You have Christ is your wisdom. Christ is your holiness. Christ is your righteousness. Anything beyond that is contrary to the word. Amen. I call you good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, and thank you for putting my flesh in its place. My flesh is, hallelujah, for the Spirit of God reigns in my life through Amen. Christ Jesus. I trust in the Lord Christ. I put my trust in Him. Amen. Okay. Have a great day, everyone. Amen. I love you. God bless you. We love you.